Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Yeah, back-to-back double-doubles, and so he's, as I think Chad Dewing said and Travis Demers, and I've tried, I've reached out to both, struck out Council and Tool, but fighting to keep the at-bat alive. Yeah. Many calls go out during the course of, of a day. It, it's a little bit like, it reminds me a little bit of the old days in sales. And I didn't spend a lot of time in sales, although I will say four years of it, essentially, wow. with the Portland Beavers, a combination of selling and broadcasting. And the, boy, the games, I'd work all day selling and then settle into the Catbird seat at Civic Stadium for my release. You may not release. like it, but you're really good. Maybe, I don't know about the sale, but coming up with the ideas yeah, I, in tying things There in. were a few ideas that I came up with that I that did play and worked out okay, but... Including being stolen by the... the gap, the, yeah. The gap was not a bad idea, and the, the giant stole it. And I had the Jansen lady diving, and I, I went to every pool company in, <laughs> in Portland, and they just didn't recognize the glory of what I was trying to sell well, them. Well, the Jansen lady... On you know is yeah. on the top billboard. There were yeah. rows of billboards, a row on top and a row on the bottom, and the Jansen lady is diving into your pool. <laughs> so I went to every pool company. Say, let's you put your pool. Yeah. And the Jansen lady. Everybody. Oh look, she's diving into the pool. Anderson Pool Works. Whatever pools. Yeah, yeah. And nobody bit. Nobody bought. I still think it's a good idea. It's a great for a idea. sale. Well, I can't even. Was nobody like, bit. Is it like Lou saying no because of white wall? I'm not sure, but I went to. I personally drove. You know, it's called cold calling, as Jack Lemon says That's in right. Glengarry. That's cold right. calling, something you should know about. I drove southeast Portland, northeast Portland, north Portland, southwest Portland, Beaverton, Tigard. To Wallen, anybody, any pool company, I took this, I took photographs, I said, here's the Jansen lady, and you you need to have your pool underneath her, diving into your pool at Civic Stadium for all events that take place. Portland Beavers baseball games, Portland State football games, concerts, other things. Absolutely. Everybody will see the Jansen lady diving into your beautiful blue pool. And no one bet, and I must have visited about 20 to 25 cold calling presentations. Not a, n- No appointments, just walk in. Uh, who's in charge of uh, your your marketing and yeah, advertising? Yeah. Okay, I'd like to talk to that. I'd like to talk to that person. <laughs> Did that for about three years, Doc. It's exhausting work, and there are, and 
frustrating work. Especially if you, if it's a great idea like that. Now, maybe they don't have advertising. Dollars, they may not. Yeah. But if they do and they say, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know, it's like, are you kidding? No, I couldn't get anybody. First of all, it would bite. be the connection to one of the most iconic advertisements. Right, the Jansen lady. In the country, mm-hmm. certainly in the city of Portland, everybody knows the Jansen mm-hmm. lady. The three-dimensional plastic lady in a swimsuit for Jansen. Has been been on that board forever. Forever. Having that go into your pool, a big giant sticker of your pool. I I know. It's genius. Well, I don't know about genius, but it's a good idea. And the Gap was a good idea. And no one bought. The Gap was a good (laughs) idea, and the Giants marketing person stole it from me (laughs) because it, it was there the very next season at Candlestick Park. Yeah, well. And that... That hurt. Not, that one hurt me. That's not right. But again, not knowing the shot or the game. Anyhow, <laughs> feeling as though sometimes in these calls, trying to get somebody to come on the Joe Beaver show, yeah. we do it, folks. TJ helps us. TJ works. But you and I, John, and I, and I, you know, you've got so many other things going on trying to run stations that I end up doing a lot of the reaching out and the calls. It, yeah. An idea will occur to me. And here's part of the problem we live in now, in the age we're in. <laughs> With, And I understand the need for gatekeepers and handlers, and in this case, communications assistants, athletic directors, I mean, uh, sports information directors. <clears throat> the demands on the times of coaches and student-athletes are such that that's why there are such uh, people, characters, as sports information directors. Yeah. Because otherwise, many a student-athlete would just get bombarded. If if Adley Rutschman did not have Hank Hager, for example, right. gatekeeping, right. when Adley was here in that 2019 season coming off what he did in 18, people would get Adley's phone and be besieging him yeah. constantly. Yeah. No, they, you have you to. You have to, and we, even though we're closer, still need to honor, and for the most part, I do. Every once in a while, I... <laughs> Every once in a while, through relationship or whatever else, I circumvent it. And if I do, I hear for, I hear about it. Yeah. Mike, you've got to go through the proper yeah, channels. Yes, you're right. I know. And I'm sorry. And, I, and it I, won't happen again. And then when it does happen again, I say, <laughs> ah, it won't happen again. <laughs> I've pulled that string with Lamar and the Blazers. Yeah, right. No, you got to go through the Blazers. But Lamar's finally kind of just said, I'll just call him, <laughs> yeah. right? Pretty much, okay. Pr- pretty much, pretty much. And so I, now, I think they've 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 softened their stance. That's a that. good example. Let's just call them right now on the air because I was reaching out. <laughs> I've reached out today to three different members of Blazer Broadcasting with the hope of talking to them about Mister Double Double back to back double doubles for our own Drew Eubanks for the Portland Trail Blazers in a season otherwise. Uh, I mean, not not bereft of great storylines and story ideas. I mean, there have been a lot of stuff going on with the Blazers this year that are interesting stories. But for our world and our purposes on the Joe Beaver Show, the signing of Drew Eubanks to a series now of 10-day contracts and to him getting to play, and I remember Chad doing himself telling me, this is a great opportunity for Drew. He's going to get to start and play a lot. Well, he's 20-12 and 12 on Saturday. I think last night, 16-10. and 10. So good for Drew. We'd love to get Drew himself on. We've gone through the proper channels yes, there. We have. We we would. Um, That's still a possibility. I was I was told he wanted to wait to get his his feet not, under him. Okay, but that was a couple of weeks ago. So no, feet under him in the form of back to back double double. Yeah. So we can perhaps make an effort on that. I don't have the Blazers schedule in front of me. I don't know when they play again, but we'd love to talk to Drew Eubanks. But I've also reached out. And I could count up the calls. I could go back to my phone and. Look, look, I'll show you the phone. Here's my log. Look at all the people. 
trying to, you know, we'd, we'd sit down at the end of sales days in the Portland Beavers offices when yeah. we'd all, all, three of us, you know, smallest staff in the history of professional sports, <laughs> pulling off miracles, I well, felt, on a daily they, basis. They make movies with, and TV shows about that. With Joe Buses, uh, the owner. Yeah. Uh, as tight as it possibly comes in yeah. terms, but but I like the I like the old guy. I did, in spite of him, in spite of everything. I still had affection for him and liked him. <laughs> but we'd sit down at the end of the day and go through our see, it was Helminiak, John Christensen, Phil, yours truly. So the four. There were actually four of us, but Mark was the GM and didn't go out as much. Yeah, we'd have to go through. Well, I I put in a call to. To TJ Maxx, and they did, and I, I did a cold call on so and so. Right, you'd go. Everybody go around the room. What did you do today? Yeah. And you had to, you had to have the work and the calls, and occasionally, let me see that. Joe would say, <laughs> "Oh, okay. Well, here, you know, here's the, here's who I called, and here's who I that, contacted." That sounds like a scene out of Glenn Gary. Glenn it, Ross. It, 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 it was not always the most pleasant of things, and it was difficult. But today, today, <laughs> that hit me again because I'm calling here, I'm calling there, I'm calling here, I'm reaching out. I'm leaving messages. I'm texting, emailing, calling, uh, listening, I looking. Just, I just texted while you were talking. Yeah, and that's beautiful because we're always efforting to, to try to produce the show. A potential guest. Good. <laughs> now, after all of that, in it, we had one already, and we're going to talk to kind of complete the circle. Joni Fox Berry at 12.05 today. The... Grandmother, young grandmother yeah. of Gabby Bland, who joined us yesterday, coming off Crescent Valley's second ever girls' state championship in high school. And Joni was part of the other one and was in the stands at Gill cheering on her granddaughters as Crescent Valley brought home its second ever state championship. So we'll visit with Joni to complete, in a sense, that, that beautiful circle of life and love and love and basketball, to coin a phrase. Joni Fox Berry at 12.05. In the interim, while sending out calls left and right and trying to get people, and I've also been visiting with Darwin Barney and Ryan Gibson and Mitch Canham and Rich Dorman the last couple of days trying to get up to speed on latest trends and developments within Oregon State Baseball with my first call coming up later today. So it's been a busy time, a very busy time, and fun, exhilarating, exciting. Looking forward to being at the ballpark today. Very grateful to you for your Positive weather forecast for the next couple of days. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of you. All of that to say that it struck me just before arriving here a little while ago, and we do have a good guest coming up here in a few minutes to talk to us about many things. Because in her work for USA Today, Lindsay Schnell will be in Portland for the NCAA Regional this week, mm -hmm. and thus will miss the WNIT game, but we'll have a lot of thoughts about the the value of playing in the WNIT, what she saw in Beaver basketball this year. And this is not to say we haven't put out a number of requests because we have for Scott himself or mm -hmm. somebody, and it's just either too busy of a time or whatever else, and I, again, cannot circumvent. Right. I, otherwise, I would. I have phone numbers from for players, for mm -hmm. coaches. Mm -hmm. Can't do it, won't do it. So... In the busyness of life and maybe practice schedules and finals week, things are somewhat disjointed, and we don't have anyone today. And with game day Thursday, probably won't get anyone Thursday. Right. But if the Beavers win on Thursday, then maybe maybe Friday we could get uh, a representative from Oregon State women's hoops specifically. 
Falling a little bit short of that with the WNIT coming up on Thursday and no show tomorrow. Thus, this would be our chance to kind of preview it. Lindsay will join us here in just a few minutes to talk about the WNIT, the NCAA tournament field. She's going to be in Portland working the event this weekend, covering that for USA Today. So we're grateful to have her inside of knowledge and affection for, love for Oregon State women's hoops. And she can speak to us on a number of other things as well. So we still have calls out, but those are our two guests at this point. And if we're fortunate enough to land a Jake Wong, Jake Wong is someone someone I've reached out to, pitched for Grand Canyon University, pitched for the Corvallis Knights, pitched for Rich Dorman and Andy Stankiewicz Mm -hmm. at Grand Canyon, a third-round draft pick getting ready now for a season that's going to get rolling. I've reached out to Jake, hoping that Jake might be able to spend a little time to talk to us about his experiences at GCU with the Knights in professional baseball, his cousin Caitlin on the gym, Caitlin Yanish mm-hmm. on the gymnastics team. So there's a lot of connections there. But again, what'd you do today? Joe would say, well, <laughs> I called Jake Wong. I called Andy Stankiewicz. I've called her. See here, here's my call sheet. But no sales. Actually, we did get Lindsay, and we do have Joni, so we're grateful for those two joining us here in a moment. But is anybody else out there, if you want to text, and rem- if you're still involved in cold calling like that, that I drove I drove my, everywhere in the Portland metro area, John, selling, selling. See a baseball card shop while driving around. Quick right turn into that baseball card shop that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Walk in and present them, the Portland Beavers literature. <laughs> and occasionally would get a yes. I what mean, was, that's... what was your hit rate <coughs> over your four years? Oh my gosh, not good, but less but, than thirty percent. Oh yeah, but that's not bad in sales when you're cold calling. I mean, if you go two for ten, you know, four for twenty, you're doing pretty well. I know, like you know, baseball, cold calling world. But <laughs> then anybody out there in sales? I mean, what did I do wrong? What should I have done with a Jansen lady pitch? Why didn't anybody buy ABC? Mm-hmm. ABC always uh, be closing. That's true. I thought you were talking about ABC pools, which I called upon. <laughs> Always be closing. You I know. should not have come back to the office without closing a I know. every two days. I'd go for a cup of coffee at the end of the long day. Put that coffee down, said Joe. <laughs> Let's take a break, and we'll come back with Lindsay Schnell. Great to have you with us. We'd love to hear some thoughts about uh, all of these matters. 497-5356 on the University Honda text line, the Downward Dog phone line, 1240 Joe Radio. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. Trump's Hobbies in Corvallis has been a full-line, old-fashioned hobby shop since 1972. 
Stop by and see their selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters. Trump's has model trains, rockets, drones, fantasy games, and puzzles, plus paints, parts, and accessories. They're also proud to support schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley and the Oregon coast. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Hey, this is Randy Holmes down at the Angry Beaver Grill getting all fired up about things going on down here. Come test your knowledge in our Tuesday night trivia. Enjoy food and drink specials and don't miss our Friday night prime rib and salmon dinners. Every Wednesday night starting at 5 o'clock, come try our $7 all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and salad. At the Angry Beaver, it's always game night in our upstairs video arcade and game room featuring air hockey, pinball, pop a shot, and more. So let's get fired up and support local down at the Angry Beaver on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley. An internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you are learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at Alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. It is a pleasure to welcome a good friend for many years and writes for USA Today, Covers Oregon had covered Oregon State basketball officially as well as on uh, the Beaver men's beat and did a tremendous job uh, as an Oregon State uh, alumna and fan of Oregon State when needing to write as objectively as possible now can be an unabashed, flat-out fan, I would think. But even though she would love to be at Gill Coliseum Thursday night, Lindsay Schnell will be covering the NCAA tournament on the men's side in Portland beginning Thursday. So we've got a lot to talk about with a good friend of the show and in life in general. Lindsay, good to have you on. How are you? How excited are you for this time of year? Hello, Mike. Um, first of all, I just have to tell you that I do get to be a fan a little bit more. Um, I was in Vegas for the Pac-12 Women's Tournament wearing my orange and black nice. and getting a hard time about it from other coaches. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was it was playful. But uh, when I went down Sunday to Eugene for the Oregon Women's Selection Show, I had to promise Kelly Graves, the Oregon coach, that I wouldn't wear any orange um, while I was on the campus premises. Um, I love this time of year. I think it's the best time of year. I love in March when I get to email people and open with the line of happy March madness. Mm -hmm. So I'm great. You know, I will say that over the last week, this started in Vegas, you know, eating poorly, staying up way too late (laughs) and watching so much basketball that I practically became cross-eyed. So I am ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I bet you are. Uh, Lindsay, and that has been, of course, an Oregon State staple on the women's side for so many years now that it's still a little difficult to imagine the Beavers not in the big dance, but they are dancing in a different kind of form in the WNIT. We'll get to the NCAAs, both men and women, here in a moment. 
What did you make of the Beavers season in the main, big picture stuff, and the willingness, like Dane Altman on the men's side, said, yeah, we're, we're, not, quote, we're not too good for the NIT. We'll go play in it. So Oregon's playing on the men's side. Scott Ruick gladly and the players gladly take an opportunity to play in the WNIT. What do you make of that as a landing spot at the end of this year for the Beaver women's program? Yeah, you know, I think that if I had to sum up the women's season in one word, it would probably be inconsistent. There were times that they looked great, and there were other times where I wasn't sure entirely what I was watching. I thought the end of the regular season was really disappointing, that they went on the mountain trip and got swept. Now those are two NCAA tournament teams in Colorado and Utah, but still those were pretty big losses um, and really hurt their chances of getting into the NCAA tournament. I think that it's tough because, you know, we had 68 teams in the women's field for the first time, but there's really only 36 or 34 spots because of all the auto auto qualifiers. So while I believe that Oregon State is absolutely one of the top 68 teams in the country, that's not really how the bracket works. Um, I think that there are glimpses of things. And, of course, when you talk about them and the inconsistency and, you know, the disappointment, you have to point out that not having Taylor Jones, their most consistent scorer inside, one of the top post players in women's basketball. That was a huge loss and was really sad to see her sitting on the bench all the time nursing that shoulder injury. Um, so her, when she gets back and healthy, that'll be a big positive. In terms of them playing in the WNIT, I was curious to see if they would. Um, I kind of felt like maybe they wouldn't because the standard is the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament and you don't want I think that you go down a slippery slope when you say, like, oh, well, any postseason works. That's not what you're going for. And also there are a lot of teams that go into the WNIT and they get upset by a team that's not as good as them because they don't, they're not really committed to playing. I know that um, Ellie Mack and Emily Cotting absolutely wanted to play. This is their final hurrah. And I just know that because they talked about that in postgame in Vegas. And Ellie especially was emotional talking about it. So I kind of think that they're doing it for them, but, uh, and they're definitely good enough to win the WNIT, but you do have to be all in. You can't think of it as a consolation prize or you can get upset pretty quickly. Do you think the rest of the team is all in and the coaching staff? Because I, if I were coaching, I would want to make sure my team was all in, like you said. Otherwise, you know, you, you could get beat by someone and then really end your, your season on a bad, bad taste. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, like, I have enough trust in Scott and the staff that they made this decision as a group, like the coaching staff with the players. And I would think that they wouldn't do it unless they were all on the same page. And, you know, sometimes I think also if you're young and you decide, I'm just going to play really hard for this senior, that good things can come from that as opposed to, you know, playing hard because you feel pressure or whatever. So, yeah, I, I would assume that they're all in. I haven't talked to them since they made the field, but um, I don't think that they would have committed to it if they were meh on it. And, mm-hmm. again, you know, um, being they're good enough to win and good things can come from that. The, I think it's, it's three of the last four, four of the last five WNIT winners this season are in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and they're hosting. So, you know, obviously Oregon State has hosted a lot, so that's like not a new thing for them. But, but I do think that it can be um, a positive. And then they, there are enough 
young players, you know, with Talia von Olhoffen, Kennedy Brown is still young because she was hurt for a while. But I think getting them more reps is a positive. And don't you think, too, Lindsay, Lindsay Schnell uh, joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show, the WNIT, it seems to me, has ramped up its value from the days of when Judy Spolster would take the team. I was calling the games. It was, it really was, it was still a good tournament, but it was a massive drop from the NCAA. Still is because the NCAA is the standard. It's what you want. However, they've ramped it up. They doubled the number of teams in it. Um, and it, it just seems like there are more and more power five teams that get in, do well. I think Arizona won the whole thing, and then the following year was in the, the championship game with Stanford last year. Um, but But don't you think that in the last 20 years, since we were both covering the team more and, 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 and watching what was happening with Oregon State getting into the WNIT, that it's, it's an even better tournament uh, than it was that back then? Well, first of all, John, I wasn't covering this 20 years ago. I was 15. I was still in high school. <laughs> that there you matters. go. Come on. Good, good um, for you. You were almost at Oregon yes, State. I, I, I think you're right that over the last decade in particular, the NIT has done what it can to step up and make itself more desirable, basically. And I do think that a big advantage that um, Oregon State will have in the WNIT field is I would assume if they keep winning, they will host almost the entire way through because they draw so well and they can point to that. Um, that matters when you're bidding. So, yeah, I, I do think it's a bigger deal, but it's still, you know, it's, it's still not the big dance. Yeah. And it's interesting because there are a few women's teams. Duke is one off the top of my head where former Oregon State great Aliyah Goodman is um, working on the coaching staff. They turned down a WNIT bid. So I think that um, good things can come of it. It is a bigger deal. It's definitely something to hang your hat on. But again, you just you have to be all in, and you have to understand that there are a lot of teams that play in the WNIT that never had their sights on the NCAA tournament, or that was never realistic. And those teams are hungry to prove themselves. So you have to know that going in, and make sure that you are also hungry. Yeah. Lindsay Schnell, our guest on the Joe Beaver Show. Jake Wong, by the way, will join us at 1230, former GCU Lope. We're going to talk to uh, Joni Fox-Berry of the last Crescent Valley High School team to win a state championship back in 78 before her granddaughters combined to help lead the Raiders to another one here at Gill Coliseum this past weekend. So it's a wonderful time for basketball. Lindsay, when I bring up, you know, we're talking about the college NCAA tournament, your love for basketball was fostered when, and what do you remember or think when you think in terms of high school basketball and state tournaments and just the beautiful memories and experiences you've had and teams have had in the format in our state through the years? Mike, this is such a good question because I have a funny story to tell you about what happened Sunday when I was on my way to Eugene. So first of all, the background for me falling in love with basketball is, you know, my dad was a coach. He coached at every level collegiately. Um, we moved out to Oregon when I was five because he took a job as a men's basketball coach at Mount Hood Community College, located just outside of Portland. He eventually became the athletic director there. And my mom used to be a big-time official. My mom rested in the ABL, the Old Women's Pro League. Um, she got into the ABL the year it went bankrupt, which wasn't great, but... I, you know, went to so many games with my parents growing up, like going to watch my dad's games and sitting in the bleachers and 
um, watching him coach, watching my mom comment on the officiating, which is how she got into the officiating. Um, an official uh, evaluator heard what she was saying and turned around and said, you should be a ref, you know the game really well. Um, I just think about, you know, going with both my parents, um, either because they were coaching or officiating in a game. My mom was part of the first crew, um, all-female crew, to officiate a high school girls' state basketball game at the state tournament. I don't remember what year that was in. Um, but, you know, I went to the Child Center, all the, like every tournament growing up. Um, I loved seeing the way that the Child Center would just be packed for women's basketball. Chuck Culpepper, who used to be the Oregonian's um, columnist and is now at the Washington Post, I have this very vivid memory of him writing about high school girls' basketball and when the Jesuit girls were really good under Courtney Fritz and they took Oregon City to double overtime and almost beat them and just reading that and understanding, like, women's sports matter too. And it's funny because I joke all the time that in years of going to so many high school games, either with one of my parents um, or then later when I got over and could drive because I was driving around playing in tournaments, um, and then I was later as a spectator, like a media member and fan. I know the back roads around Oregon really well. Well, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Sunday on I-5, a trailer full of cattle yep. took over. And there were cows wandering all over <laughs> I-5. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I was stuck in the middle of that, trying to get <laughs> team for selection Sunday. <laughs> so I managed to get off the interstate and then took an interesting route to get down to Eugene that involved surface streets to Highway 99, where I was very familiar with because um, of years ago in the George Fox games when Scott was there. And uh, then I took the St. Paul Highway down about 20 miles and then hung a left, and you come out to the Brooks, to the pilot station that's located in Brooks, Oregon. It's yep. just north of I-5. People who, are, who drive I-5 all the time will be familiar with it. And then on my way home, the cows were, I don't understand if they were still out there or what. It was like 10 o'clock at night. But I had to go the back way off I-5 through Candy in Oregon City, which I know from years of going to the Oregon City high school tournament. And when I was there, it's like I called, like, some people that I, I called a friend of mine who played at George Fox. <laughs> I say, like, here's where I am. How do I get back to I-5? I called a high school coach I know, and I'm like, Walk me through how to get through Canby to Oregon City. Like, I, I know, but I haven't been in a long time. So my my basketball knowledge and my prep knowledge really came in handy nice. while avoiding the cow disaster. Wow, now that is a good story and not one that I was reckoning upon. That's a good one. The di most disappointing thing in all of that to hear, a colorful story, but I've seen too many Westerns where they get those cows rounded up quickly. Yeah. So what, what's the issue right. there? Not enough cowboys or they, what? Well, here's what happened. They called the fire department, and I don't think that herding livestock is in a fireman's skill set. <laughs> it was a fiasco, let okay. me tell you. Lindsay Schnell, our guest. Lindsay, when you reflect on, and when we talk to Joni next hour from the CV championship team from 78, one of the questions I want to ask her is, as she observed her granddaughters in 2022, what goes through her mind, and I wonder from yours, when you think about the evolution of the girls' game, the women's game, the skill level now, where it is now, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I just think about, again, you know, I'm not that old, even though John tried to date me, so I don't remember when we were playing, you know, three-on-three three and you stayed at one end of the court 
But to see the skill set evolve, I mean, I've seen a lot of women dunk, you know, over the over the course of my lifetime. To me, it's not a weird thing. To me, when I when I hear people say, "Oh, well, women can't dunk," I'm like, "Yeah, they can." I I watch, I watch that all the time. It doesn't happen in games that often, but it definitely happens more now. Um, I just see like bigger, stronger athletes. When I was at the Pac-12 tournament, I was there with one of my best friends, and I said, "You know, when I was playing." The guards were small. You know, they were like five six was a point guard. Now we've got six foot six one, like ripped athletes playing guards. We've got bigger and bigger kids in the paint. Um, it's just incredible. And to me, what I think is amazing about our state, and I attribute a lot of this to Oregon City and the dynasty that they built in the nineties, is we have always appreciated girls' basketball and women's basketball in the state of Oregon. And again, like, you know, I went to the child center growing up and it was always packed for the state tournament. So it's not weird to me to see people supporting it. But I'm very aware when a couple of years ago, um, when we're not supposed to call it the Civil War anymore, when Oregon and Oregon State women played in Corvallis and the Beavers upset Oregon, uh, the Beavers upset Oregon wearing their pink jerseys when Aaliyah Goodman came off the bench and just like killed them. I remember at the beginning of that game, I was sort of emotional because it was just packed in mm-hmm. Gill with duck hands, too. And I just loved I was like, this is all I've ever wanted. I want people to recognize how incredible female athletes are and, you know, get to know them and get to know their stories. Like, you want to root for the person. But also, the basketball is so good. And, and I feel that way, too, about I think that the Oregon State gymnastics team had like kind of planted that flag first in Corvallis and they obviously draw really well, you two know, and they're in, I mean, they have an Olympian on their team. It's crazy. But I just think that it's so cool to see that. And then as we've watched parody grow in the women's game, it's like, I'm starting to fill out my women's bracket and I'm like stuck on a lot of things because I don't know who's going to win. And it used to be, you would just automatically advance the higher seed. Right. Um, And I was thinking the other day, you know, because the Oregon women, are going to be in Tennessee's bracket. And remember a few years ago when the Oregon State women went to Tennessee yep. and they upset Tennessee, they became the first team ever to win on Tennessee's floor in the postseason. Like, what an incredible bit of trivia for Scott Ruick's program. Yeah, you so actually, I think it's incredible. You actually hit on a couple of things that um, made me think of questions to ask you. Number one, or points to make, in the last 20 four years, 23 years, I came here in 99 and started doing the games. Between then and now, it went from both teams averaging about 18 turnovers, and a lot of them were unforced, to, you know, a bad day if you had 11 or 12 turnovers. I mean, that has mm-hmm. um, immensely gotten better. You're right about the height. I remember, um, uh, you know, Saisha Thomas and others, point guards at Oregon State, Five 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 six five seven. Now you're right about that. Yeah. And um, the other thing about uh, what you mentioned there was the women's tournament would never have any upsets. Never. I mean, right. pick the highest seed and you will be in the top of everything. And that's not true these last, I would say, five years, four or five years. That's changed dramatically yeah. as well. Do you know whatever became of Kathy Adelman or is she still the coach at Jesuit? She's not the coach at Jesuit. She's coaching somewhere else in Portland, though, I believe. She a had it going coach. at Jesuit. She was a young, good, young coach. Now, this was 
30 years ago almost because I, I was doing the high school tournament, both the boys and the girls, when those Oregon City teams were great. And then Jesuit came along and really had a great program under her. Oh, Courtney and, Fritz. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, what I remember is um, watching the Jesuit women, the Jesuit girls, I guess, at a state tournament game at the Child Center. My mom was officiating, and my dad and I were sitting in the stands. And Jesuit was up probably 15, 20 late in the game. Kathy called a timeout and was coaching her kids. And my dad leaned over and said, this is why they win. She's always teaching them. She's always talking to them. It doesn't matter that they're up 20. She's always trying to help them be better. And I, I have that. It's just, you know, when you're young, like weird moments get kind of just imprinted on your memory. That's one of mine. And that's something that I see all the time. And I notice all the time. And that was why, Last year, you know, when the Oregon State men were on that incredible run and people were saying, how is this happening, blah, 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 I would tell people, watch the timeouts. He's teaching them, he's coaching them, and they listen the whole time. He's constantly trying to help them get better. And I think, too, that this year with the Oregon State women, you know, they had a lot of new pieces. It was just kind of like, a, you know, there were a lot of interesting lineups played all year. But I said at one point to Carrie Rooks, Scott's wife, I'm like, Scott is coaching them so hard in a good way, just constantly trying to teach them and help them. And I think that those things will pay off, you know, in a couple years. Um, so, yeah, I, I've always God, Kathy Allen is such a good coach. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I'm trying to think. She coaches again in the high school area in Portland, I believe. But I would love, I always wanted her to, like, go into the college game. I thought she could have been really, really good. Mm -hmm. Hey, so many things and and just not enough time as always, but I mentioned you will miss the game Thursday because you have another assignment and it's a pretty good one, Lindsay, to be essentially in your hometown (laughs) and to get to cover the NCAA tournament at Moda Center on the men's side. Tell us, you know, what, what will your work entail? Will you write game stories or feature stories? What is it you're going to be doing for the, for the tournament in Portland? Yeah, so I cover first-round men's games. Um, usually I get sent to a site, and this year I get sent to a site that's 10 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, and then I'll switch over to the women. I'll go to Spokane for the women's West Regional and then to the women's Final Four in Minneapolis. But in Portland, you know, we have a lot of West Coast teams with Gonzaga, Boise State, St. Mary's, UCLA. Um, so I'm working on something right now about there's a few um, – families in the NCAA tournament where mom or dad coaches one team and then the child plays for another team. So like Oregon, Oregon women's coach, Kelly Graves, his son will plays at Gonzaga. Um, Neil Ivy, who's the Notre Dame women's coach, her son plays at Purdue. So I'm writing something on that. I'll probably write something on the Gonzaga coaching tree. You know, Mark few has had so much success in Spokane. Leon Rice, who was his former right-hand man, has been at Boise State for 10 years now. They're in the tournament. And then Tommy Lloyd, who like took over Leon's position, is now the head coach at Arizona, of course. So I'm just kind of writing whatever I'm inspired by, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, whatever, when the muse hits me, I think is what you're supposed to say. Um, and then if there's any, you know, major breaking news, who knows? Like Memphis with Penny Hardaway's coming here. So who knows what that's. That's what that's going to be like. Yeah, very interesting to be sure. Now, in that field that you're covering, uh, I, I I have not filled out a bracket. I've been so busy getting ready for baseball, which for me starts later today, Lindsay. I've not even become part of the 1240 Joe Radio Bracket Challenge, which everybody should be, including <laughs> yours truly, but I'm not there yet. So are UCLA and Gonzaga 
matched as a possible uh, matchup there in Portland? I mean, is is there can St. Mary's beat Gonzaga? What or is Gonzaga clear cut in your view the true number one seed and has a great look at winning it all, or could they not get out of Portland in your view? Oh my gosh, no! I I mean they're getting they're absolutely getting out of Portland, okay. um, and it's going to be Spokane South I think for the next few days. Um, they will not. There's no you know when how it works at first round sites is you get four games, but it's two different parts of the bracket. So um, Gonzaga will match up with. Provided Gonzaga wins their first round yes. game, they will match up with the winner of Boise State Memphis. That'll right. be the second okay. round game because we'll have four games on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So Gonzaga will play, Boise State will play there in the same part of the bracket. And then in a different, ooh, I think it's the East region, um, is where UCLA and St. Mary's are. And they, if they each advance, they'll play each other in the second oh, round. Gotcha. Um, so they just, but they try to put teams you know, in places that it's easier for them and their families to travel. So it's like we have four West Coast teams in this West Coast uh, first round. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just such a Gonzaga believer. They're going to get it one day. I think it would be really incredible to see a Gonzaga-Arizona championship. I think that basketball on the West Coast, uh, obviously, has been awesome for the women. You know, we got the defending national champion, Stanford, um, but has been – so much better the last few years for the men, and it would be great if someone could bring home a title to prove that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to keep all the haters quiet. So <laughs> I fully expect Gonzaga. Uh, their likely Elite Eight opponent, opponent is Duke with Coach K in his final year. That could be interesting, um, but I think that just, you know, it's the best time of year. Um I and also Mike, for you the best time of the year. I always think of you as a baseball guy. You love baseball, and right now they're number three in the country. Yes, right? yes, it's, they are. Of course, they're good again. Yeah, yeah, they are, and it's so it's a great time. You got a lot of good things going on, and Lindsay, I, we appreciate you making time for us. John's got a Here's final a word before story we go. Idea: Brian Michelson, ninth year on Mark Few's staff. I remember calling his games in high he school might. when he played a Jesuit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Tell you what, what, there's a lot of chatter. There was a lot of chatter before UP hired their current coach that he might might come back to mm. Portland for that. Okay. Um, Although so Shante's doing, text uh, me all your story ideas, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, hey, Shante's done a nice job though, hasn't he? Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I think that um, basketball is on the upswing in our state. For a lot, I, I know the Oregon women are the only one going to the tournament right now, but like I don't think that that is going to be the regular thing. I think we're going to have multiple teams. I'm convinced that Wayne Tinkle is going to fix yeah. whatever happened this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that good things are going to continue to happen um, in basketball, which is you know my favorite sport and, in my opinion, the best sport because it's always 70 and sunny in the gym. <laughs> Lindsay, great talking to you. Have a great uh, time this weekend. In Portland, we look forward to seeing you maybe if there's a second-round game in the WNIT back in Corvallis at some point. Thanks for your time, Lindsay, as always. All right, guys. Have fun. Stay out of trouble. Thanks, Lindsay. Lindsay Schnell, USA Today, formerly of the Oregonian, formerly of the Barometer, Oregon State alumnus Lindsay Schnell, our guest. Good stuff. Loved her story about I-5. Did any of you get caught in the candle, uh, cattle roundup on Interstate 5, yay or nay? I, I, did, didn't, I, did I didn't know story. about that. It shut everything down for three hours, oh my goodness. both north and south. And there were some cows that were died because oh, the they? trailer overturned. Oh, gosh. And then, then they had to round them up and then clean it up, too. Oh. Yeah.
We'll take a break. We got a text. Somebody just wrote on the text, Jamie is uh, Griffin, three for three to play three. Yeah, that's true. We, we're aware of it. We talked about it this morning. We are making an effort to try to get somebody on, if not today, Thursday, no show tomorrow, who can speak to us uh, out of the ACC footprint or whatever else about his, his skill set, uh, the suitors that he had in the portal, how he ends up casting his lot here. So, yeah, yeah. thank you for that text. We're aware and excited about the commitment from Jamie S. Griffin to Oregon State and hope that there's more perhaps coming in the portal. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. Two four five Edward Jones, member SIPC. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a $6.50 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. The Joe Beaver Show continues. Mike Parker with John Warren. Joni Fox Berry at 12.05. Jake Wong, former Grand Canyon University Antelope and Corvallis Knight in the Giants organization, 
Really sweet, good kid, competitive, tough. Really enjoyed watching him pitch with the Knights. Will join us to give us a little feel for having learned under Rich Dorman, who was the pitching coach at Grand Canyon University at the time that Jake was there, now the pitching coach at Oregon State. So a nice connection there, and Jake kind enough to join us at 1230. In the meantime, a few minutes of open phones on the Downward Dog phone line. Dave, good morning. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Just a quick, a quick word to the wise for uh, Beaver baseball fans out there in uh, what might be called Streamland. Uh, rooms are in short supply in Lynn Benton County over the weekend. I can't imagine that many Arizona State baseball fans are planning on coming to the Pacific Northwest before the spring equinox and the Ides of March. But anyway, I can't figure out what's going on. At first, I thought it was the women's basketball game. Anyway, just to repeat, word to the wise, rooms are in short supply, Lynn Benton County this weekend. So if you're planning to stay over, book soon. Okay. Good, I didn't good that. advice. Good Thank you, Dave, for that. We look forward to seeing you uh, the next couple of days here for the Grand Canyon Series. Thanks for the uh, – see you tomorrow, anyway. Thanks, Dave, for the call. Yes, sir. Let's go to Paul on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Paul. Hey, yeah, that's an interesting story with Lynn, story with Lindsey Snell there. Uh, I take that cut. I used to take that cut off all the time, get off there at the Brooks exit and go west, just cross the railroad tracks and yeah. hang a right and go through St. Paul. And then we go north of St. Paul and you run into Elin Road there, the one that's where the, the TA and the Flying J are. And it, that road takes you right into Newburgh. So mm. that was always a shortcut where you didn't have to go clear up to the Flying J and, and take that exit. But I've taken that road many times. It was kind of fun to hear her yes. reminisce about how she had to get around that cattle uh, <laughs> fiasco on the interstate. Yeah, and then on her way back, she went east. Yeah, well, the going east is a little bit tougher. I, I can tell you that it's, it's not as easy as on the west side. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's interesting, Paul. And I'm sorry to know, I, I we're kind of laughing about it. I didn't realize when tell John told me that the the cattle were the cattle killed sort of outright in the initial crash, or were they hit by cars coming by, or do you know, John? Just cars. Witnesses said that it was obvious that some cattle did Had not died. make it. Wow. Yeah. John, they uh, they were actually injured, so they had to put some of them oh, down. They okay. had to actually. Uh, probably shoot them there and put yeah. them out of their misery. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, it was the cattle. I, they showed that cattle trailer on a guardrail, and the whole thing was busted wide open, and the cattle must have tumbled out the top of it and down the embankment on the other side of the guardrail. Uh, and there was, there was more than 30 that, that were out or hurt or what are part of the whole Paul, thing. Paul, where, where exactly on the interstate did it happen? Oh, gosh. It was... Uh, the Wilsonville in between, area? In between Brooks and Wilsonville. Okay. Okay. Did you ever haul cattle in your truck driving days? Not ever. No, no, no. I don't I don't want that job, man. <laughs> I tried to help I tried to help a guy unload one time. I used to load in Yakima uh, meat and bone meal and they were unloading cattle right next to where I was sitting, you know, and I walked over to the trailer there and I I don't even think I did anything and the guy says, Oh, can't touch those cows says we, we cannot get them excited or the meat's tough or something like that. Go, wow. Really? Interesting. <laughs> you know, all they had to do, they, they had to shoo them out by, by tapping them on the rear or something, you know, to get them to come out of the cattle trailer. Mm. 
There's a hormone released uh, mm. sometimes into the meat if a, uh, it, it's adrenaline, basically, if a cow gets excited. So it ruins the meat. Well, it's ridiculous because those cows go into holding pens and they don't go in to be killed. Some of them stand there for two or three hours because, you know, they have to go in the order that they're unloaded. So there's definitely a lag time between being unloaded from the truck and getting into the kill site. Yeah. Paul, thank you for everything. <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> yeah, so You're always, welcome, man. Yeah, different, uh, different sort of uh, discussion and, here on the Joe Beaver It show. makes me think, and I wish I could remember, and somebody will right now. Text it, please, on the University Honda text line as we head down the stretch in this first hour. The cattle tangent makes me think of a very um, well-made motion picture about a, a true story that we watched several years ago. An interesting-sounding first name about somebody that developed a, a shoot for cattle in a humane way. She's on the spectrum with autism, but worked well with, is it Claire Danes that plays the, the, the it's person? A it's a movie and a true story, and it's, the name of the film is her first, first and last name, I believe. Is the person from Oregon? Or it's a it's... true story, and I'm not exactly, I don't remember exactly where she was from, but I just remember she came up with a more humane way to, huh. to, to, to kind of move cattle around. Yeah. But she really had to, to work through a lot of preconceived notions and ideas to get her ideas. And she developed a cattle shoot or a, a hold type thing. I don't even know the names of these. These I just remember thinking, this is an interesting notion yeah. and film and wonderfully acted by the actress. And I believe it was Claire Danes who played the role. And that's all I can give you. But if anybody, oh, yeah, that's a, I hope to see that here in a moment when we go to the top of the hour break. I hope to look at the University on a text line and have somebody. I've always depended on the kindness and knowledge and love and information from strangers. I want to know what that film is. Which resulted in an answer where Kathy Adelman is. She coached at Beaverton, according to one listener. Okay. Okay. Thank you for everything. Now, we get a call real quick. Somebody might be able to give us the name. This may be. Do we have time to take no. the call? Uh, do we uh, take it off the air then and tell me and see if that's going to be it? Because I know we're, we're coming to the end of the hour. Roger, we're out of time. We'll have some open phones a little bit later. Uh, but to somebody please on the University of Texas, like tell us a movie. We've got two guests next. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. They're off their best levels of the day, but stocks remain solidly higher. The Dow Industrial is up 497 points. The S&P 500 has added 68, and the NASDAQ Composite now up 270. More signs that travel demand is picking up. Delta Airlines, United Air, and Southwest all say bookings have picked up significantly since the COVID-19 Omicron wave has subsided. The strong demand, coupled with higher fuel costs, is resulting in more expensive tickets. According to Adobe Analytics, customers last month spent $6.6 billion on tickets on carriers' websites. Shares of Delta, United, and American are all up at least 7.25% today. Southwest shares up 3.8%. Sales of compact discs in Increased in the U.S. last year for the first time in almost two decades. Shipment rose to 46 million from 31 million. Although CD sales are still far from their 2000 peak, the increase is at least more proof of a resurgence in physical music. That's your money now. That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. 
Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call 1-800-633-91. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team and go beeves i'm dennis silvers the golf guru here with another golf minute to help you with the over under in your golf swing one of the most common faults in the golf swing with mid to high handicap players is having an over the top move where the rear shoulder pushes the club across the target line here's one tip to quickly cure the swing fault Feel as if you keep your back turned to the target at the start of the downswing. When you do, your arms drop the club head inside the target line. Then when you do turn your upper body towards the target, the club head is delivered from the inside and on a shallower path to impact. To check on doing this correctly, make your downswing in slow motion. When the club is halfway down, you are in correct position if a line through your shoulders points to the right of the target. So remember, to help stop coming over the top, keep your back turned to the target as the club starts down, and your scores will go down as well. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver packages fast and affordably, so you can give your customers what they want when they need it. We're delivering for one-stop shops, mom and pops, pop-ups, startups, retail, wholesale, large-scale, small biz, big box, customers, customizers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com delivering. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
Testing, testing, one, two, three, four. In these contentious times... Sir, you've asked a simple-minded question. I will give you an equally simple-minded answer. We invite you to escape for the next couple of hours into the world of The Joe Beaver Show with your hosts, John Warren and Mike Parker, and occasionally, Doug Blair. All right, men, we're not here to sell lemonade. We're here to practice. No one breaks it down any better. Old Indian game. It's called, uh, put the ball in the hole. Uh, so what are these little arrows? Let Joe Beaver be your guide into the bold new world of technology. Uh, radio. That's going to break down a lot of walls. Yes? The door is wide open. Recreation time, gentlemen. So come on in. Be a part of the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the Beavers, 1240 Joe Radio. We head into the second hour, and, you know, in the world of sales, as we were discussing earlier, you put a lot of calls out, a lot of feelers. Uh, we uh, have now suddenly have more than we can handle. And we are trying to adjust some folks as we go here because Jake Wong will be uh, joining us originally scheduled at 1230. I'm asking if he can move up to 1220 following our conversation with Joni Fox-Berry because Andy Stankiewicz, the head coach at GCU, Jake's coach, will be joining us at 1235. So we've got a lot to do in the next hour in beginning with a conversation we so, so enjoyed talking to Gabby Bland yesterday. Yeah, we just think it's a beautiful story that a full circle has been completed in a sense with Gabby and Haley, teammates, sisters, winning a state championship for Crescent Valley. And the documents are clear. Every article we read references the fact that this was Crescent Valley's second state championship, the last one in 1978, just a few years ago. And participating in that was our next guest, helping CV win its championship in 78. Joni Fox, at the time, Joni Fox Berry, joins us on the show. She was in the stands cheering on, texting her granddaughters during the course of the event. Uh, just what a wonderful story. Joni, thanks for taking time. How are you today? I'm doing great. What was it like first? We'll start, we'll go to 78 in a moment, but to, how... How much fun was it for you to watch your granddaughters play on the same team and build into a state championship winning season? What was that like for you? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Um, they are both just outstanding kids, and and they work so hard, and I've been watching them for probably over 10 years on their little you know, teams as kids and as they grew up and going to tournaments, state tournaments all over the state and just um, being part of their lives. And I can't be more excited for the whole Crescent Valley team. And um, obviously for those two, I thought they were, they were great. Well, congratulations. Such a great moment. Yeah, great moment. absolutely. And Gabby just said it really hasn't even sunk in yet how big it is, how special <laughs> it is. And for you, oh, yeah. you know, for you, when I think about it, I mean, 1978, and I and I say because I graduated in 76, so it's not that long ago, Joni, you understand that. When you think about oh. your own experience with that team in 78, as the years have gone on, though, how special has that event for you in your life in terms of your teammates and what it meant to you? How, how has that resonated through the years for you and your teammates? Oh, again, you know, that was definitely one of the highlights of my life. Um, you know, we were, 
uh, I don't know if we were expected to win. We did have a really good team. We went like 24 and one my senior year, but to win that title and then to be, you know, named on the first team all tournament, it was just, it was just amazing for me. And, and I love basketball. I've, um, continued to play some, you know, after that, but to have my granddaughters both participate now and, um, be able to watch them and travel with them and, and be in their life, um, because I love the game so much, is it's just been amazing for me. It's funny, Joni, because your class wasn't that, was just a few years before mine, and yesterday in the conversation, mm-hmm. the word grandma kept coming up. I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> she's not that old? <laughs> Let's not use that word, but but I, I took up for you. Have you uh, been, uh, able, been able to get together with any of your old teammates over the years? You know, a couple of them are still around here. Uh, Cheryl Cook and I are great friends. We golf a lot together currently. And uh, Pam Riley, um, we still see each other. Uh, but those are really the only two. Um, I've seen Shannon way back at uh, our class reunion, but uh, I've tried to contact her a couple times, and I just haven't been had any luck with it. But uh, all the rest, I'm really not sure where they're even at. Joni, when you we asked Lindsay Schnell, outstanding writer, last hour a little bit about this. When you watch your granddaughters play and have even seen the systems and the teams and all of the opportunities that they've had from their youth up to yeah. play and play high-level basketball, what do you remember about sort of the structure within the community that you had growing up here playing the game of basketball and just how this game has grown and evolved from the the time you and your teammates won the championship in 78? Yeah, back when I played, you know, we were lucky to get, we didn't have anything before middle school, and then we had a few games against the other middle schools, and then in high school, obviously, it, it, it became a lot more involved, and we got to play a lot more games. And the girls nowadays, uh, they've got all these, you know, teams that they play on year round and, and club teams. And it's just like, it, it's really kind of like your whole life. I feel like, whereas for us, it was just a, a small season and we played it then. And then the following year, but we really didn't do anything else. Um, you know, off season. It, it was kind of cute because Gabby wasn't fully aware of your state title until her mom told her about that and, and it's like, Oh yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. So clearly you weren't a bragging grandma going around. Well, <laughs> we won the state title. We won the state well, title. <laughs> I think I remember maybe 10 years ago or so showing them a scrapbook and saying, yeah, you know, and they were getting into basketball. This is what my team did and, and showed them pictures and articles. And I think they kind of Maybe always knew I played, but didn't really remember we won the state championship. I'm not sure, but um, the night of the state championship, um, when they had their game, I said, I'm going to dig out that scrapbook, and I went and found it, and I took a picture of CB Girls win state title, and I I sent it to both. I texted it to both of them, and I just said, get pumped up, you know. This is so much fun. Enjoy it, and, you know, um, go out and win, and that's what they did. Good for you. Good for you. That that's a great touch to add to it. And you were so. This is what the headline will be in tomorrow's newspaper. So good for you yeah. when CV did it again. Joni Foxberry joining us. I marvel over the the fact that there is a three point shot in basketball, which there wasn't when we were playing high school ball. And your daughter yeah. Gabby's ability to step out and make seven out of ten and score thirty one points. 
what do you what do you think when you see that and see her engaged in uh, that type of play? Yeah, that was remarkable. She's always been a great shooter. I mean, she in all her games, she may have a cold game here or there, but she's always um, had a nice shot. And uh, different from me, I was more of the you know down around the basket, um, you know, rebound and shoot close in. So. Uh, she she's remarkable with her shot, and I have to tell you that uh, watch out for Haley because she's also got the three point shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she came in to some of our games that I watched um, in league, and we were you know neck and neck, and she would throw up this beautiful three, and we would just it would just get us going. I mean, she's she'll be just like her sister. <laughs> nice to hear. She's nice. a little shy right now, but she's a freshman, you know. But she'll be there. It was so nice to hear Gabby talk of her yesterday, too, in terms of being her best friend. That's a beautiful uh, thing, right? You must w- observe that and know that, that that rings true. Yes, and I did listen to the interview, and I have to tell you, it, it made me cry. I was just so happy that she said that, and I, I, I'm i still emotional about it, mm-hmm. but um, that's so great. special. Yeah, yeah. Well, a very special uh, time and kind of, as I say, a completion of the circle Joni Foxberry joining us for a few more minutes here on the Joe Beaver Show. The the game itself, and in, in, in continuing just sort of the evolution and the marvel the girls' basketball is now. When you, I wonder, Joni, Kip Carlson texted us and said that Shannon Miller was also part of, of your team that year in 78. Did that mean, did you see, speaking of Ralph and the great late Coach Miller, who said the game of basketball never changes. It's still the same, and the fundamentals still apply. Yeah. It feels to me like when I watch it, things have changed, and some things are different. you remember Ralph showing up to games? Was he around for that run you went oh, on yeah. in 78? Yeah, Shannon was one of my best friends. I uh, was always with Shannon. I went to every Beaver game with Ralph and Jean, and I spent the night there, and that was just part of my – I loved basketball, and I went to Ralph Miller camp at the summer. Ralph was such a great guy to be around, and, um, you know, and I, I believe the fundamentals still – I mean, I don't think there's that much change. I mean, there obviously is some, but it's still pretty basic game. We don't have the three-pointers back then, but it's still – man-to-man and press and, you know, um, tough defense now and was then. So not too different in my mind. Did you see a side of Ralph then in that context as a friend of Shannon's that, I mean, I know I've heard from so many people that say Ralph may look like, you know, he was described as if I could have a a dollar for every time I read in the paper, they're curmudgeonly Ralph Miller (laughs) or, you know, the gruff Ralph Miller, this or that. I think, you know, I'd be a rich person and walk away if I had, you know, every time that adjective was used curmudgeonly. My sense was he wasn't that, and that as a family man and a father, uh, that you saw a side of him, I would hope that you would say, no, no, he was much more than that. Oh, he was a teddy bear. No, he was so gentle and kind, and um, whenever I'd go there, he was just so friendly, Um, you know, totally a different side of uh, I saw of him whenever I spent time with him. So during that that run, did he, if you were over there just for entertainment friend purposes, would he say, now you you girls, you need to, anything out of Ralph about basketball during that 78 run? Yeah, he'd encourage us and he'd, he'd tell us to be tough. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time on it, but, you know, he was at our games and and at camps and, you know, um, you know, it was just, it was great to be around him and Jean. I always remember she would go sit 
way, way in the far corner and watched the game. She got so nervous, you know, and we would sit right behind the players' bench, which at that time the players were on the opposite side of the court as they are now. But but um, it was just really a lot of fun to be part of all that um, growing up. Mm. We'll close on this, Joni. When I talk about, we've talked about Gabby a little bit about Haley and yourself, but the, the whole family circle here. What were you all watching the games together? Uh, in terms of you know following this run and these teams traveling on the road and, and how special it's been to uh, Gabby talked about her dad being a coach and so on and the principal at Sheldon. And how how tight of a family circle has this experience been for you guys? Uh, we've always been very, very close, and my daughter is like my best friend. So we sit together and we talk about it, and, um, you know, I don't like to miss a single game. You know, I, I just it's I can't wait to go to the games, and I think I get more nervous than the girls do for them. You know, I want them to play well. I want the team to do well. They're such a great group of kids, and, uh, you know, I'll continue on. I have a total of six grandkids, and they're the oldest, so... <laughs> Got several more that I'll be watching games for um, in the future. Yeah, fun. Congratulations fun. to you, uh, Joni, and thank you for taking time to reflect a little bit on a very special time that brings back an awesome time for you and friends and the community back in 1978. Thank you for taking time for us, Joni, and uh, we'll see you at a CV game, I'm sure, in the days ahead. Thanks for taking time for the show. Sure. Thanks for having me, and yes, you will see me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All thank, right. Thanks a lot, Joni. Joni Foxberry, our guest. We get on a faster track than usual. Normally we're uh, doing, as Don McLean said, oh, you had me on. Was it a podcast? I mean, <laughs> we've got Jake Wong next, and then Andy Stankowitz, the head coach of GCU. So it's a lot. Of, what is this, the Joe Lope show? Well, in a sense, but Jake's a knight, and, yeah, we're doing the best we can. We thank you for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a $6.50 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. 
Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. The Joe Beaver Show continues. Mike Parker with John Warren. Tell you what, time goes fast. Everything blends together after a while. Mm-hmm. But there's certain uh, athletes and, and families and so on that you get to interact with and come across, and we've been able to continue to stay in touch with our next guest family because of his cousin, Caitlin Yanish, competing so well. Maddie Dagan, by the way, will join us Thursday from the gymnastics team. But Jake Wong was such a, uh, a great kid to be around, as was his family, and watching Jake pitch and helping the Corvallis Knights in the summer of 2016, coming out of Grand Canyon University. I never knew that there would be such connections between GCU baseball and Oregon State baseball. The Lopes and the Bees playing one another beginning tonight at 5.35, 12.05 tomorrow. I thought it would be a, a tremendous way to kind of loop it all in Mm -hmm. in visiting with a guy who knows the territory in Jake Wong, third-round pick, the second-highest draft pick ever out of GCU, none other than Tim Salmon in 1989. Jake taken in the third round with the San Francisco Giants in 2018. We'll get an update on Jake's professional growth and trying to come back from an injury and all of that, but I'm sure excited about what's ahead for him. But Jake Wong, kind enough to join us on the show with his coach, Andy Stankowitz, coming up in a few minutes. So, Jake, we're turning it into a GCU show today. We appreciate you taking time. How are you? How's life for you, Jake? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Like you said, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's cool to see the, the connection that, you know, I personally have to Corvallis and to uh, Oregon State. So, um, it, it, it's been great. I mean, uh, I'm down here in Arizona for uh, spring training. Um, this is home for me, so we're getting underway here uh, in the next couple of days, and just looking forward to uh, getting back on the field and, and competing. But other than that, life's been great. Good to hear, Jake. I want to get back to your own journey here in a moment, but let's start a little bit with with Coach Dorman, who was working for Coach Stankowitz, who will join us in your own growth and development as a pitcher. We love Dor here, and. I had the opportunity to sit down with him yesterday. What was his place in your life in terms of your development as a pitcher? Tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Absolutely. Uh, me and Dor, uh, from day one, had a very special relationship. Uh, our relationship went uh, beyond just baseball. Um, you know, we we hit it off from day one. And uh, honestly, uh, I, I give so much credit to, to Dor and in my development as uh, as a pitcher and as a man, because um, you know when he when he stepped foot on campus for us at GCU, it was it was night and day. I mean, I I uh, I couldn't believe the the kind of impact that he had on uh, you know just my life and and helped me get to that next level and uh, you know teaching me just how to be a professional. And you know, like I said, I, I still talk to Dora quite quite often, so I, I get some scoops here on on some Beavers baseball and. Um, you know, we keep in contact often. So it, it's really cool to continue to have a great relationship with Dorian. 
Coach Norman spoke very highly yesterday of Andy Stankiewicz, who will be joining us here in a few minutes following you. So any message we can share with Coach Andy, we will from you if you want. But what about Andy as the leader of the program and playing for him? Yeah, I mean, just along the same lines. I mean, Coach Stank is uh, just a a great blessing in my life. Um, Like I said, just as as a man more so than than just a baseball player, you know, in, in all aspects of life. Um, you know, Stank is, is the best, best, best there is. You know, I, I always say that I wouldn't rather have, I would rather, um, I wouldn't rather have anyone else leading, you know, uh, our school or our team, you know, and, and he's just a leader of men. So I, I can't speak highly enough of, of Stank and the, the kind of job that he does for us Jake. over at GCU and, yeah. um, it's, it's just great. Jake Wong joining us. Jake, tell us a little bit about then the place of a summer, summer development and summer baseball. I've seen it yeah. in a lot of examples. It's huge. It's critical as part of the development of a position player or a pitcher such as yourself. What was it like for you and how, how big of a impact in your career and life was being a Corvallis Knight? You know, that I always say that's the, the best summer I had playing baseball. Um, Corvallis holds a very special place in, in my baseball career and in my life. It was the first chance I got to play baseball away from home. So I had, uh, it was the first, first summer uh, after my freshman year at, in college. So um, I went to college here locally. So I, I, it was the first, first uh, kind of uh, leap of faith uh, with baseball. And I, I couldn't have picked a better place. You know, Corvallis um, from day one just felt like home to me. And, you know, along the lines of, of uh, summer baseball, I, you know, Corvallis, the Corvallis Knights are, you know, it's it, it's remarkable what they do year in and year out. And um, just to, to be in that competitive environment and to be winning games and uh, just having in a summer environment quite like that is, is very special. You don't get that very often. So getting the chance to come to Corvallis and uh, play for the Knights and, you know, win a, win a championship there was, was very special. And like I said, it's, it's the best summer I've had playing baseball. That's a high compliment to the community, to the fans, and I appreciate you saying that, Jake. Just from the yeah, pitching absolutely. from the pitching craft standpoint, too, I've seen guys come in and develop pitches and work on stuff. Was that true for you in the summer with the Knights? Did you go back to the Grand Canyon feeling like, hey, you got better? Absolutely. That is uh that's exactly how I felt. Um getting a chance to to throw innings for, for the night and uh, just further my development. Um, it was it was remarkable. I mean, I, I came back to campus after that summer and, and felt like I was, you know, five steps ahead of everybody else. Um, like I said, just kind of a winning culture, the, the people around, you know, the community, and um, it just makes it all that, that much more special. And uh, just getting, getting that opportunity was, was tremendous in my development and, just being able to kind of grow into my body and understand myself as a pitcher and, and how to win games um, more so was, was just a, a real blessing to, to be able to do that with Corvallis Knights. Yeah, that competitiveness and the winning culture, I'm sure, is very helpful in development. I know Travis Bazana experienced that as a, as a knight last summer. Now with the Beavers, we'll go up against your GCU Lopes today. We'll talk to Coach Stankowitz here in a few minutes about the club he's bringing in to Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. I don't want to close, Jake, with a sense of an update. It's been a while since we've talked. I was very happy for you when you went in the third round with the Giants. 
Could you take us through from there, just sort of where you've been, your steps along the way, coming back from surgery, from what I understand? I don't know how much official all of that has been, but I read that surgery in October of 2020. So if that's accurate, if that story is accurate, and you've been on the shelf for a while, where are you now physically, and how excited are you to kind of get this thing going, maybe back to 100%? Correct, correct. I did have surgery. I had uh, Tommy John surgery in, at the end of uh, 2020, um, so that was definitely a blow. Um, sat out all of last year, but um, back up to 100% now and actually throwing in a spring training game tomorrow. So I, uh, my, first, my first live action since, uh, in surgery. So you know, as, you can, as you can imagine, I'm very excited for that. Um, you know, it's my journey with the Giants has been nothing, nothing but you know, spectacular. Uh, just a world-class organization. Um, you know, we obviously it's it's nice to play for a, a team that's always competitive, um, always looking to win. Um, so just being able to um, you know suit up every day and and not taking things for granted was uh, kind of a, a learning point for me when when I got injured. But as I said, being back up on the field and um, you know, being able to compete again is definitely a huge plus. So looking forward to, um, you know, kind of getting my feet wet here again and, and potentially playing um, or potentially playing this summer at, at one of our affiliate teams. Jake, when you say you're excited, I believe it, maybe even nervous. It's been a long time. <laughs> is there any, is there any yeah. sense of, of nervous anxiety, butterflies in the stomach? Will you sleep well tonight? I mean, it's been a long time, so how are you handling all of that? Surprisingly, I am I am a little bit anxious, uh, but surprisingly, you know, um, just being able to to get back out there is kind of the perspective I'm I'm taking, and so for me, it's it's more excitement than than anxiousness. But obviously, you know, once I uh, tow the rubber and and get back out there tomorrow, I'm sure I'll have a little extra adrenaline. Um, so, I, I, like I said, man, it's just uh, it, it is really a new perspective for me having to sit out um, the last year and a half, but uh, when, when I turn the rubber tomorrow, I'm, I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll have some nerves and some adrenaline going for sure. We're so happy for you, Jake, to get back on the bump again. Really, really happy for you, and we'll be following your minor league season closely this summer and look forward to seeing you in the big league someday. Before we go, any messages either for Russ and Cindy or Coach Stankowitz or whatever? They're probably, I don't know if Coach is listening, but I'm sure Russ and Cindy are. Any any parting words yeah. for uh, them and the Knights community as we uh, we turn you loose? Well, first of all, like I said, just thank you so much for having me. Uh, sure. Corvallis is a very special place for me, um, just a, a tremendous baseball community. Um, Russ and Cindy were, were, uh, were the best summer home I could have asked for um they were they were my uh my summer family my my uh my year with the night so I I can't I can't um speak highly enough about them and just how they made me feel at home from from day one so I know they're listening they they shot me a text so I, I just want to say hi and looking forward to uh having our paths cross again but um you know looking forward to this matchup this week and uh you know it's exciting to see you know, a, a community that I have a lot of ties in in Corvallis playing, you know, my my GCU load. So I thought it was a good matchup and exciting for me. What do we say to Coach Stankowitz on your behalf? <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to get a W for yeah. me. I'm not I, sure uh, I can I'm, do that. I'm, I'm not sure I can teammate. do that. 
<laughs> I'm teammates with, with Bryce Femmel, uh, Beaver legend. I'm sure you guys are, oh, are yeah. familiar. But, um, so me and, me and Bryce are having just a friendly wager on, on this series. So <laughs> uh, me, me and Bryce have been going back and forth the last couple of days. Good for you. Nice. Jake, it's really good to hear yeah. your voice again. Time goes quickly. I can remember some of those days very easily. They conjure up in my mind quickly. Really appreciated you and your family and Look forward to seeing you get back on the bump again tomorrow and the days ahead. Hope we can stay in touch. Thanks for making time for us, Jake. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking again. Thanks a lot, Jake. That's Jake Wong, former GCU Lope, former Knight, hosted by Russ and Cindy Peterson, who have been uh, just among the great local families that host Knights players mm-hmm. in the summer. So, Russ and Cindy, thank you for that. Thank you. That I'm glad that Jake, I mean, you... You don't make that stuff up. Well, I'll, I didn't really enjoy it in Corvallis, but I'll say I did. No, no. that's coming he, from the heart. His he best summer of baseball. Tremendous young man. So Jake Wong, our guest and his coach at GCU, bringing the Lopes in to play the Beavers tonight, five thirty-five. Tomorrow, twelve oh five. Andy Stankowitz, former big leaguer with the New York Yankees, out and of they, Pepperdine. They, the Beavers swept them last year, and but this is a team that went to the regionals. It's a very good team. And good program under a good man and Coach Stankowitz, who joins us next on 1240 Joe Radio. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Have an interior or exterior painting project? Let the experts at Armstrong Painting handle the work for you. Armstrong Painting has earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and a reputation for quality service at a fair price here in the Mid-Valley. Armstrong Painting's team of local professionals use the best quality Miller paint and work year-round to provide lasting beauty and protection for your home or business. Schedule your exterior painting project for spring or summer. Call Ken at 541-990-5147 for a free estimate. Online at armstrongpaintingllc.com. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to corvallisfloorcovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. 
When it comes to the biggest sports stories in the world, there's always one city it always revolves around. One city that people just can't stop talking about. That was taken from Corvallis. Wow, what a shot. Indeed, the new moniker for the city in the heart of the Willamette Valley, the center of the sports universe. Since Corvallis is the center of the sports universe, tune in to the premier sports radio station right here in the Mid-Willamette Valley. That's 1240 Joe Radio. It is a pleasure to continue what's turned out to be a very busy day on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. We just got off the phone with none other than Jake Wong. And we just thought we'd sort of try the best we could to tie this series together. Coming up with Grand Canyon University beginning this evening at 535, 5 o'clock or 445 airtime here on 1240 Joe Radio. My first call of the year, and I'm really excited to have a a tremendous series in the next couple of days. You had the four games down in Phoenix. It's a pleasure to welcome the head coach for the Grand Canyon University Antelopes, the Lopes. Jake Wong just told us he and Femmel have a friendly bet. Bryce Femmel, our own. (laughs) Jake Wong pitched for the Knights, and Jake had such great things to say about our next guest, the head coach, as well as Rich Dorman, now the pitching coach for Oregon State, but a one time in that role for Coach Stankiewicz. So, Coach Stankiewicz, I know you guys are going to be competing like crazy here in a few hours, but it does feel as though there's some genuine affection and respect for both programs as we go into the series and talking to Jake underscored that. Is that your feeling, too, as we head into this series? Well, good afternoon, fellas. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, um, the utmost respect for probably Coach Cam and the job that he's done in, in his career. You know, I, I, I was an assistant at Arizona State for three years in 07, 08, and 09. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I saw that, that uh, OSU and the tradition and, and those those plays, what they did. Um, I think it was 07, 08, back to back, 06, 07. 06, sure. 07, yeah. Um, so, so I'm familiar with the tradition. Um, and then obviously, Coach Cam coming back and taking over the program. Coach Casey um, decided to step, step away. So I, I got it. I understand what, what's been done here. And then obviously we were able to have this gentleman part of our program for a number of years. And then, and then the opportunity to come back home and go to West for him. I certainly understood that decision by him. And so, um, and our strength coach actually, um, Mike Henriques was, was with us. And then he's now part of the mm-hmm. program as well. And so, uh, but that's okay. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in favor of the guys that work in our program. Um, you know, feel like if they get an opportunity to move on, it's better for themselves and their families. I certainly and would accommodate that. And so, um, so it's good. It's a, it's a respect for sure, no question. It's a um, it's a competitive respect. We know that what we have to do here, what we're, we're attempting to do in the next two days, is to play really good baseball and um, put great challenge in front of us. Um, but there's no no question about about the respect. Andy Stankowitz, the head coach at Grand Canyon University, our guest. You referenced your days with. Pat Murphy is an assistant, and, and some. Well, I remember, Coach, the competitiveness between Murph and Case and those series in those days. Do you have some memories about just how good the baseball was, how tough it was, and Murph and Case occasionally going back and forth? Those were good times, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It was. Uh, I know Coach Murphy and, and Coach Case had obviously tremendous amount of respect for one another. Um, but then, when, you know, when it's like two brothers, you, when you, mm-hmm. you still you get in the field and, and you want to win. It's competitive. And, and, and the competitive uses obviously move hard. And, and 
like, hey, I'm, I'm here to win. And so, um, and so I certainly was able to see those, that rivalry, um, because it was a rivalry of respect. It was a rivalry of two, two great programs that we had skilled athletes that could play baseball really well. And so, um, you know, it was uh, my induction into college baseball. And I hadn't been in college baseball for over 27 years since I graduated and played professionally. And so now I'm like, wow, this is, this is, this is pretty fun. This is pretty competitive. This is, this is, this will get you going. So, um, so, certainly great memories. No doubt. Uh, and thank you for touching on that. Andy Stankowitz, 11th year head coach at Grand Canyon University. But you got back into the college game after your own playing days. And I'm interested, coach, to look back a little bit uh, to being a 12th round pick coming out of Pepperdine. And then at the age of 27 in 1992, making and playing and playing in 116 games for the Yankees, working your way through. I just. Your story of, of stick-to-itiveness and, and all of that to, it was just inspiring to read about. Tell me a little bit, if you would, about your days coming out of Pepperdine and a 12th-round pick that gets to the big leagues with the Yankees about six years later. You had to you had to keep grinding, didn't you? Well, it, it, yes, I did, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I, like you said, I wasn't big, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, not the strongest, and couldn't hit a bunch of homers, but... And I was fortunate. I was fortunate. The, the timing, timing is such a big part of, of, of getting that opportunity. And obviously, you can do something when you get it. But Buck Showalter was my manager in the minor leagues for three of those seasons. When I, three of my six minor league seasons, and I think we won, we won titles and you know league championships in all three. So, so he knew what I could do, and he was a young big league manager. And you know, he took a chance on me, and there was Clint Boyer. Who was our third base coach? Uh, who was um, obviously a big part of my career, and um, and he had seen me develop through the minor leagues. And so, I think a big part of it is is timing and, to, and kind of who's your support system. And I was fortunate to have people that were in the big leagues that believed in me and were willing to give me give me a shot. And so, yeah, it took a while. Um, and um, but honestly, I spent I couldn't at that time even then I couldn't imagine doing anything else. People will think, oh, man, that's a long time in the minors, but um, that didn't bother me. I, mm-hmm. love, I love playing baseball, and I love coaching baseball. I love what I do. I've always had a love the game, and um, I never once felt like, I never once felt like I've got a job. This is this is what I love to do, and so even as a player in the minors, it's just what I wanted to do, and um, and so, yeah, it was a little bit longer road, but, but that didn't matter to me. I just wanted to keep playing. Yeah, and you did and did it. I mean, parts of seven years in the major leagues with the Yankees, Houston, Montreal, Arizona. So congratulations on all of that. that. You're one of the rare ones who gets to that elite level of major league baseball. And then when your coaching career, it's interesting to me, you spent time with Murph at Arizona State and then kind of worked into the, as I, if I read correctly, the field coordinator for the Mariners in the minor leagues in a, for a couple of years before coming to Grand Canyon. What were those years like? Working in the minor leagues in the Seattle system in terms of your development. Well, it was great. It was, uh, and I, I really felt like, hey, maybe it was time to the USA Super Three, and I opportunity to join the Mariners as a field coordinator. And I, I really kind of thought, okay, this is this might be my next journey, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the game back in the pro ball. And so I, I was excited about that. I love working for the Mariners. They had uh, they treated me great, and I got great. Um, so fit in the work within the minor league system. We had some good years there, and I always felt like, hey, this is where I was supposed to be. And then Grand Canyon called, and 
and said, hey, we're a Division II program. We wanted to come to Division One, uh, hopefully soon, but you consider coming over here and, and you know, taking over the program. Uh, the more I looked at Grand Canyon, the more I got excited about it. Uh, and then with, with President Muir, the University of President, and kind of his vision for the school, the athletic program, all of that. And uh, Keith Baker at the time was our athletic director. And, uh, and he felt like, uh, yeah, maybe this is, I really enjoyed my time at ASU. With, with, with you guys, you, you get to kind of get your, you know, you work with them and you get to stay with them versus um, in pro ball. It's, uh, it's, you guys get traded, guys get released, guys get called up, guys get sent down here. When you start to work with the young man, you, you really feel like you can spend some time with them. not just baseball side, but just, all of it, you know, just to make sure there's a man and a person. And so I think that I wanted to get back to that when anything else. And so, so it's this job, and here we are, year 11. And uh, I think that's when you know you're having a great time, is when you don't even realize it's been, been 10 years. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really fortunate and I'm blessed. And it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a tremendous ride. Andy Stankowitz, our guest, for a few more minutes. The Beavers in Grand Canyon tonight, 535, tomorrow, 1205 at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. I always found it interesting, and there must be something special that you've just touched on in 11 years. Mitch Canham was rising, as you know, in the Mariner system, and he and Dorr came together in the minor leagues uh, in the in the system with Seattle. And, and then Rich came back to the college game. Mitch eventually, even with his star, I thought, uh, on the ascent within the Mariner system to maybe someday be a major league manager. Who knows? But to choose to come back to his alma mater, something special. So the collegiate game, Andy, I'm just wondering if you can kind of see maybe, you know, what was going on in Mitch's heart and soul about making that choice when there might have been a, a path for yourself, for, for Mitch, to, to rise in, in the professional system. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's uh, all of my, it's like both sides are looking a little fancy. I did it in pro ball. I always kind of looking over, hey, what's college the game mm-hmm. like, right? And I've been fortunate to do both until I ask. And when the guys did it in college, I was like, hey, what's, what's pro ball like? Uh, and they both are good. They both have their pros and cons, for sure. They're both a great lifestyle. It's baseball. Um, I think, and I'm, I can't necessarily speak for, 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 for Mitch, but I think so. I just know Mitch like I do. I think it's, it's to sink your teeth into a young man um, and get him at the collegiate level when they're so young. Um, and just influence their lives. And hopefully, um, you know, Alumni Day for me, game is like one of the best days of the year when everybody comes back to school and you see all the faces and their families and, and they have their, they just have their memories about playing at, at GCU, however it may be. And I think that's probably the, the, the biggest, you know, attribute that excites me is, and then you get to, you know, you get to hopefully build a program and kind of put, put your, you know, you put print on it and, and leave a mark that you feel is going to be a good one, you know, for years to come. And so some challenges there, and those are exciting challenges. Those are fun. And pro ball, as you know, man, it's, it's a new GM steps in, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking for a job. And then or a new farm director gets, takes over, and, and you're looking for a new job. And there's a lot of turnover there. And I feel like in the college game, you know, if you, if you build a good foundation, and do it well, and you're right, guys are graduating, and guys are good citizens, and, and, and doing things right, you got a chance to make an impact, you got a chance to do this for a while, and that's, I think that, that's what, what I would say, probably Mitch is probably looking for, as much as anything else, and myself. Yeah. Last couple of things, Andy Stankowitz, our guest, the head coach of Grand Canyon University, and the Antelopes coming to Goss Stadium, they're here, 
tonight, 535. When you talk about Alumni Day, we just spoke with Jake Wong just ahead of you on this show. I had the pleasure of meeting Jake and his family when he pitched for the Corvallis Knights in the summer of 2016. He talked about that being a, a formative, impactful summer of great memories and relationships, and they still resonate for him. He gets back on the bump tomorrow for the first time since undergoing Tommy John surgery back in October of 2020. Tell us a little bit about coaching Jake and how excited you are about kind of getting healthy and getting another run at this thing in the Giants organization. Well, the way he's out tremendously, man. I think that's the most important. I think you've probably heard that yeah. in your interview. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for him. You know, he wasn't, quick thing about Jake, he wasn't like the at Hamilton High School where he went to high school where he put out some nice players. But he wasn't their star. He wasn't their star. He wasn't their, I think he's probably the number three starter. But, uh, we saw something in him, a big physical kid, toughness, you know, can quick grow. And he just got the GCU and he bought in and he just got to the weight room and started lifting, you know, his arm care. And all of a sudden, you know, here's a young man that went from 88 to 94, 95. And, and it's, that's all him. It's all his willingness to just go for it, you know, and, and jump two feet in and his player development. And, and, uh, and he's got some toughness to him. And, and he's a great story, you know, and, and obviously, Tommy John put him back a little bit, but we're excited about about him getting back on the mound. And I didn't know it was it was uh, tomorrow, so that's exciting. Like, thank you for telling me that. And so I should have texted and tell it went. But um, I just uh, think the role of that young man, I'm just excited. I do think he's got a chance because he's got he's got mentality, he's got toughness, he's got a fastball that can run through pretty good. I think if he gets healthy and stays healthy, I think he's got a great opportunity to keep moving up the, the system. And the last thing, Coach, and we'll see you at the ballpark here in a few hours, what kind of club do you have? You're coming off a tremendous breakthrough year to the NCAA tournament. How do you feel about how you've played so far, The, the what's ahead for you, the club you're bringing into Goss uh, this, these next couple of days? We've been, we've been a little bit of a roller coaster. We've, uh, um, we've, kind of, we've played well in sports. I think that's the one thing that every coach would tell you is that we've got to gain some consistency uh, as much as anything else and. So I think that's part of our, our goal. And obviously, it's a huge challenge in front of us here with the Beavers. We're fully aware of where they're at, what they're doing, and, and how good they are. Uh, but again, we, we enjoy the challenge. I think that's part of what we want to do in our program and build our program to be kind of a, a battle-tested program as we get into whack play and we get into hopefully our, our conference tournament. So it's all, it's all by design. We want to play the best in the country, and we certainly feel like the Beavers are, are one of them, obviously. And so... Uh, but we're, hopefully we're going to pitch well. We're going to throw. We're going to throw strikes. We've always been. We've always kind of preached throwing strikes and playing good defense. And so, uh, you know, we're not a ball club that's going to put up a bunch of runs. Typically, we're just going to hopefully play good baseball and make plays and, and put the ball in play and score some runs. But uh, we're not as. as uh, I don't think we're as offensive as maybe we've been in the past. But we have to put the ball in play as well. You know, so we're gonna, we're gonna have to create some pressure if we can. We know that this is. Um, big, I don't know if we can sit back and just kind of swing it with with the Beavers in these next two games. We're gonna have to try to create create some action. So, um, we'll be looking to try to do that for sure. Coach, we look forward to the games and the competition. Thank you for taking time for us on game day itself here in the Mid Valley. Welcome to uh, Corvallis in Oregon State, and uh, thank you for taking time for the show today. We appreciate it. Well, my pleasure, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Have Thank, a great day. Thanks, Andy. Andy Stankowitz, the head coach at Grand Canyon University. So there we uh, that's the biggest dose of a of an opponent in a sense coming in ever, yeah. but it feels like part of the family in its own way with 
Andy going back to Murph and cases and yeah. assistant to Murph yeah. in those days and coaching Jake and having Rich Dorman as his pitching coach. I didn't even mention he had Braden Wells as a graduate assistant at GCU, and Braden is now the director of student-athlete development back at his alma mater at Oregon State. So th- th- these programs are tied closely together. Yeah, it's not the first time we've had a coach on, uh, an opposing coach on, uh, on game day or let's say game day before. But it's only happened two or three times, I think, in 20 years. And we put T.J. Mathewson, the Arizona State grad, on the Arizona State series come in, and we are close to a near 100% booking of none other than the head coach at Arizona State, Willie Bloomquist, expected to join us Thursday. That's not bad. Usually, I mean, it's hard to get I know. head coaches. They don't have time for this nonsense, as, as <laughs> Ralph would say. Foolishness. Ralph, foolishness. Ralph's word was foolishness. Foolishness. And I'll even say, Ralph was big into radio. He used to do, back in the day in Kansas, he would describe how there wasn't any one uh, radio station that right. had rights. So there might be four, five, six radio stations or more. Or more yeah. And he would do post game for every single one of them. As Doug Blair said, Ralph told him this one time, he said then they would rotate. So whoever got first got last and down the line. Yeah, well, Ralph may have, I'm going to give back to the community and speak to all of these originating radio stations and back before the rights were gained. Yeah. You could have 12, 14 guys. <laughs> Lined up calling the game for their local station. Ralph got a little piece of that I action think, every I time. I think you're right. A little, got a little uh, paycheck a for, each, for each show that he did. <laughs> yeah. So it might have hurt him a little bit when everything got consolidated. Anyway, we take, <laughs> we take a final break today. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. Two four five Edward Jones, member SIPC. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. 
Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited. Excited to meet you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Well, throwing all those lines in the water earlier today, talking about the hit rate, strikeout <laughs> rate. Dave, outside of Sandy, sent in a, a, breakdown. A, a breakdown of what is considered a good hit rate. I thought I was over, and then suddenly we had more business than ever. So, Joe, how was the day? Well, it was great. <laughs> I got an answer on everything. <laughs> we got Stankowitz. We got Wong. We got Schnell. We got Joni. It ended up being a very busy day. So, thanks to all of the... Uh, those folks I just mentioned for coming, being willing to come on the show. Not a lot of open phone opportunities, but some texts I want to get to. Thank you, by the way. We haven't had time to. I knew if I threw it out, and how many? We must have about eight or nine responses helping yeah, me identify. I knew it was Claire Danes. At least I guessed. I said I'm pretty sure it was Claire Danes. I want to give this to you. And to Kim, for you guys, you know, these sort of underrated sleeper films. Well, hey, g- sure. give me a movie that's a little bit off the beaten track. It may not be, you know, the biggest blockbuster mm-hmm. uh, in the history of cinema or in the top five in that conversation. And it isn't. But I liked it a lot. We liked it a lot. Claire Danes as Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin. G-R-A-N-D-I-N. A true story. And a pretty fascinating story in its own right. Yeah. And Claire Danes, who I like, I like her. She's an underrated yeah. actress. She's good in about anything she does. Really, whatever movie she was in with Steve Martin is some sort of shopkeeper. I can't even remember the name of it, selling jewelry or whatever. That's a sweet, cute story. Can't remember the name of that either. But I liked her in it. Remember that? I think that's when I first came across her. Anyway, she's very good as Temple Grandin. So thank you for supplying that Temple Grandin answer we also get a text saying johnny hecker set to be cut by the rams didn't know that temple grandin i'm just going through the text real quickly that is not good news and how do we know hecker uh she was she was a professor of animal science at colorado state and an autism activist yes the movie brings out some of that temple grandin thank you millie millie i hope you liked it good film is john fox her family i meant father john fox yeah i I think for Joni John Barry Fox, Fox, Joni Foxberry. I, I, I can't answer that at the Doug moment. Doug Blair would know, but he's not here. Okay, Glennie says Ralph never took the game home with him uh, because he was at C. I, I'm Glenn, I'm glad. I'll trust you on that. <laughs> How do you? But know? it sounds as though, based on what Joni told us, very nice. I get to be on the baseball field before a game for the first time since 2019. That's today. amazing. See you tonight at Goss. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the...